Welcome to this week's edition of the 2000s Chart Show, the chart show dedicated to celebrating the top 40 singles chart of 20 years ago. I'm your host, Samuel Spencer, and I'm joined this week by our new producer, Eduardo. So say hello, Eduardo. Oh, no, sorry, I forgot you've got um, laryngitis from that Rosie Ribbons comeback gig, so you'll be saving your voice this week. So welcome to you all and welcome to the UK Top 40 from the 9th of August, 2003. You've heard some of the songs you will hear in this edition at the beginning. Frequent listeners to the show may be wondering, where was the Top of the Pops introduction that you usually start the show with? And slightly less frequent listeners may be thinking, oh, so that's the Top of the Pops intro at the beginning. I wonder what the hell they were. Well, yes, we would love to start with the relevant Top of the Pops intro from 20 years ago. But unfortunately, this week, 20 years ago, Colin Murray, nemesis of the podcast, is wearing a Jimmy Savile t-shirt and mentions Jimmy Savile by name. So we're going to follow the approach of Top of the Pops on BBC4 and skip right past that one. I just knew I was right when I made Colin Murray a nemesis of the podcast because that's the kind of shit he does. So it's a shame, though, that we can't use the introduction from the Top of the Pops 20 years ago, because this is the first Top of the Pops presented by Reggie Yates. Reggie Yates! You've got Reggie's chicken thing. Reggie Yates, of course, the presenter of Top of the Pops when it got cancelled in 2006. Do I blame him for that? Well, we'll get into it as the show goes on. But for now, let's just kick straight into this week's Top 40 20 years ago. Here is two feisty women to kick off the start of the show. At 40, Amy Stuck with Misfit. At 39, Jennifer Ellison with Baby I Don't Care. Waste your own time, I don't care. Anything you can do. And Jennifer Ellison there bring us to our first new entry at number 38, the first of 11 new entries on this week's chart, including songs from Craig David, Robbie Williams, Sean Paul, and my personal favourites, Junior Senior. But none of those people are at 38 because the number 38 spot is taken by this. is No Not Now by Hot Hot Heat. Hot Hot! My favourite band, whose name is a tautology. Little joke for you English language 
students out there. This is the second of Hot Hot Heat's three UK top 40s, and they are a Canadian dance punk band. Honestly, that song, perhaps the most dated thing we've ever played on this show, really a song that could have only been released in the late half of 2003. So pretty uninteresting as a song, but what is interesting is Hot Hot Heat's previous UK top 40, which was called Bandages. Bandages on my legs and my arms from you. Bandages, bandages, bandages. Which was removed from the playlist at BBC Radio 1. And this is a quote from NME. As the nation's programmers get jittery over the output on their stations. The track had been on the B-list on the station, guaranteeing 15 plays a week and a potential audience of millions. Sorry, B-list, you say? B-list at Capital. It had been removed because of a prevalence of the word bandages in the song, a spokesperson said. A Radio 1 spokesperson at the time said, we're attempting to be sensitive to the expectations of listeners. And this, of course, was all as a result of the escalating war in Iraq, which long-term listeners of the show knows is basically is a mascot of this show at this point because we have to talk about it so much. When we're talking about 2003, over in the US, we may have been banning bandages, but they also banned Bombs Over Baghdad by Outkast, which <laughs> makes sense why. And the song, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, by Aerosmith. I'm not sure why the second one. I think it's maybe because it involves rockets exploding or just because it's cheesy and people were sick of it and they were looking for an excuse. Who can say the answer is lost in the mists of time? Bandages removed from BBC Radio 1 and No Not Now seem to be forgotten from the 2000s chart show because here is at number 37 Blazing Squad's We Just Be Dreaming. Blazing Squad there down from 33 in their sixth week on the chart. So long a chart run, in fact, that we've actually run out of fun facts about Blazing Squad. So the nation's favourite segment, unfortunately, has come to an end. But that does not mean there is no more Blazing Squad content for all the fans out there of Melody, Crazy, Reaper, Kenzie, Melody, may have said him already. Point is... There's more because in this week came into my possession a incredible artifact called the Big Book of 2003, which was a basically an annual released by Enemy at the end of 2003, celebrating the year, produced by, I believe, Peter Robinson, formerly of the much missed Pop Justice. And as you'll see as we go along reading some things from this, it does have a big Pop Justice vibe. I mostly picked up this magazine because it has that incredible picture of the cheeky girls dressed as the white stripes and I wanted to frame it but when it's also got benefit for the podcast that's great because I get to share funny things with you and it's also tax deductible so uh, thank you. So my accountant who I can't afford will be very pleased with me. So in this big book of 2003 there's lots of little sections and one of them is the top 10 observations we found on the forum at blazingsquad.net as we've said in previous episodes social media very much in its nascency in 2003. LinkedIn is about to be formed but the biggest social media platforms are things like Friends Reunited and Habbo Hotel so a lot of people still using fan forums as their main social media and so here is straight from the horse's mouth some things that enemy has loved from blazingsquad.net specifically and I'll try and convey to you the strange choices of grammar and capitalization that are in these observations for example so this one is written in alternatively capitalized capitals and lowercase letters which I'll try and convey to you in reading it. I 
love Reaper. Yes, I do. He's for me, not for you. If by chance you take me place, I'll kick your ass and slap your face. Lol. Very hard to do that, not as the David Lynch character. Halfway between the Elephant Man and the Red Room. Last time you watch is going to come back in style. Another insight from the Blazing Squad fan forum. Sam makes me crease so much, lol. When the girl went to spud him and he pointed at her and laughed, L-A-R-F-E-D, lol, such a joker. And whipped the camera when he started creasing and turned round, LMFAO, I love his teeth. Which member of Blazing Squad is Sam? I don't know, but certainly someone's a fan. Another observation here. I fell onto, O-N-2, da trampoline, dunna da comp, don't know what that means. And cut my leg, then done at routine, R-O-U-T-E-I-N. Someone took a pic and a flash distracted me and I fucked my routine up. So my instructor weren't very happy. He came over and said, what happened to that? It's the worst competition you, you've ever done. It was like, well, thanks, Gary. That really helped. But on a Brighton side, I came second with my team and 10th individually. Not about Blazing Squad, that one. But I'm glad that you did so well in trampolining mystery Blazing Squad fan. But they have given their number one best observation from the BlazingSquad.net forums as simply fuck Snedden. So David Snedden found dead in a ditch in the enemy big book of 2003 there. And thank you to all of the posters from BlazingSquad.net. You thought your teenage embarrassment had been lost to time, but we've dug it out. Blazing Squad at 37 there and at 36... Another great segment from the Big Book of 2003 about Christina Aguilera, who is down from 26 this week in her eighth week on the chart with Fighter. on this one you might need a pen and paper to truly get the benefit in the enemy book of 2003 they gave us a quiz to find out which christina are you i couldn't bear to have listeners out there who weren't sure which christina they are so we are going to go through this test and you can find out exactly which ex-tina you exhibit in your personality see what i did there so which christina are you we all want to be miss aguilera don't we but which of her madonna style multiple personas do you most resemble do our quiz and find out or don't bother well i say you should bother because i have no reason but you should round one okay so these are all going to be a b c d and e so at the end you count out if you're mostly a mostly b mostly c mostly d and mostly e so question one and i will do this myself show you my vulnerable side by admitting which christina i am round one you are walking through the back streets of soho in either london or new york and you find a genie it is in a bottle After rubbing it the right way, do you A. Keep rubbing the lamp in a suggestive way and tell the genie that you need rough sex down a back alley and hey, he doesn't need to pay. Enemy a slightly more adult audience than smash it, if that wasn't clear. B. Take it home and wrap it up ready to give your nan for Christmas. C. Smash it against a wall. D. Start a block party, roll out the lino and challenge the genie to a battle. This is your hood. Mm, I think I know which Christina song that one might be. And E, Snog Madonna. Well, Snog Madonna is a attractive option as a lifelong fan, but I think I'm going to give my nan that. 
that bottle, always panicking about what to give relatives for Christmas. That would save a lot of time for me, I think. Round two. You are watching Coronation Street. Two boys are kissing. This isn't in Enemy, but whoever played Todd and Adam Rickett, right? Mm. Formative memories. They are using tongues and everything. Your mum and dad turn off the TV in disgust. Mm, Too real for some of us. You say to them, A. It would be better if they were naked and indulging in a filthy sex act. Maybe with people watching and getting sweaty and getting off on it. Hmm, which Christina could that be? B. It is beautiful no matter what you say. Your words can't bring them down. Okay, I'm getting the, uh, I'm getting an idea with these. C. That just makes them learn a bit faster, makes their skin a little bit thicker, and makes them that much smarter. D. So what, am I not supposed to have an opinion? Should I be quiet just because I'm a woman? And E. It would be better if Madonna was in the middle. It's E for me couldn't have a conversation with me in 2003 without me mentioning Madonna at least once. But you write down your own answers and we'll go on to round three. You're getting ready for a night out, which you probably are because everyone listens to podcasts during pre-drinks, right? Yeah, sure. Do you? A. Retrieve the special clothes you keep under your bed and put them on. They include crotchless chaps. B. Take off all your makeup, scrape your hair back and go au naturel. It doesn't matter what people say, it's what's inside that counts. C. Go to the fancy dress shop and demand something, quote, like her out of evanescence. Dye your hair black. C. Get your Argos gold jewellery, bling yourself up and dance around your house in velour shorts and sports socks. You're so street. Or E, pop some breath freshener in. Rumour has it Madonna will be there. I love wearing black, so I think that is C for me, which is not very helpful because I have B, E and C so far, but we'll see what Christina emerges as we go into round four. Hooray, it's karaoke time. Your performance A is a sweaty, raunchy number involving various punk styly pop songs. You get everyone to surround you and spray water in your direction to make you look sweaty. The barman is shocked, however, and bans you. B, involves miming really badly with over-the-top hand gestures while sitting on a stall. If you remember, you'll get up for the all-important mid-late key change. C. It's based around smashing up a phone box and gyrating around the room. You climb up onto the ceiling and impress everyone with the range of your voice. Someone says, is that a moth on the ceiling? D. Involve your best friend pretending to be Little Kim or Missy Elliott. You can't rap, but they can. And E. Begins when you appear from behind a large wedding cake and climaxes when you snog Madonna. Well, I am known for my uh, slightly over-the-top karaoke performances, but I'm, I'm not impressing anyone with the range of my voice, so I think it's A there. So that's B, E, C and A. So round five, which is our... Our final round is going to be the all-deciding one to decide which Christina I am. I hope it's clearer for you at home. Finally, sex is A, only worthwhile if people are watching and toys and pain and Fred Durst are involved. Mm, Don't think it's going to be that one. B, the most normal and loveliest thing ever between two people in love and even if they're ugly or like anorexic or something or even gay, they can still be in love. C, only good if the woman is in control. D, brilliant as long as it's with your boo. Or E, a book by Madonna. Well, as a proud owner of the sex book by Madonna. It's E for me, which means that I am E, Christina. Christ E, nah, if you will. Oh, you won't. Okay, fine. Count up your results and see which letter you have the most of. If you scored A, you are rumpo happy dirty, Christina. Rumpo happy. Good, good phrase. I'm gonna have to use that in the future. You dirty thing. You like nothing more than slipping into your crotchless chaps and gyrating in front of an audience of greasy bodybuilders. But careful, if you sweat too much, your clothes will fall off. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Mostly bees, you're pensive, beautiful, Christina. You don't care what other people say. Their words can't bring you down. Whether you snog people of the same sex or even Fred Durst, you're still beautiful. You make people realise that life really is worth living. See, you're 
turning her into a moth fighter, Christina. My personal favourite, Christina, so shout out to anyone who got most CCs. Your childhood neglect and ill treatment by exes have turned you from a scary goth moth into a beautiful butterfly. You fight back in your own style by dyeing your hair black and making yourself look minging. Minging, big word in 2003. Mostly D's though, and your homegirl can't hold us down, Christina. You think blinging gold jewellery is the classiest thing since Posh Spice. You're often starting street fights in your tireless campaign for women's rights and everyone in your hood knows about them. And mostly E's, your surprisingly, bloody hell, you're snogging Madonna, Christina. You're not backwards and coming forwards, whatever that means. Look, you're snogging bloody Madonna. So well done for me. I'm snogging Madonna. Hopefully you have learned some valuable lessons about yourself from that incredible segment. So Christina's at number 36 and at number 35, here is 50 Cent with Inda Club. Thanks, Fiddy. And at 34, our next new entry is the Dandy Warhols with You Were the Last High. the last high the sixth of the dandy warhol's nine uk top 40s we discussed their last top 40 hit we used to be friends back in may when it got to number 17 but of course the band is best known for their song bohemian like you which got to number five in september 2000 after appearing in a series of vodafone ads Best known for Bohemian Like You, but second best known for their frontman being pretty gobby in interviews. It's a great example I found from Enemy in 2000. We never met an English band that isn't mind-bogglingly fucked up on drugs, alcohol and shitty sex, from the charlatans to long pigs to blur. They're all into it. They love to party, but they won't talk about it. We're just four people who are all pretty much in tune with each other. We have fun together and we have taste. We know where to draw the line. Most of those British bands are doing way more coke and 16-year-old girls than we've ever done pretty uh, strong stuff from Courtney Taylor Taylor there. Yep, that's right. The lead singer of the Dandy Warhols is called Courtney Taylor Taylor. And in every interview, such as the one you've just heard, he seems to be annoyed that everyone thinks that the Dandy Warhols are constantly on drugs. Which makes sense, because how did anyone get the idea that the Dandy Warhols were on drugs? You know, this is the Dandy Warhols who did songs called Crack Cocaine Rager, Not If You Were The Last Junkie On Earth, Get Off And You Were The Last High, and had an album called The Dandy Warhols Come Down. Where did any anyone get the idea that they may be into drugs. It's shocking. I can't work it out myself. But despite those lyrics, Courtney Taylor Taylor told The Guardian in 2003 that he'd only tried heroin twice. Oh, twice. That's fine then. That's barely taking drugs at all. However, a fellow Dandy Warhols member called Zaya McCabe has been a little bit more perhaps honest about what the Dandy Warhols have been up to. She was asked whether it was true that the band spent all of the money from their first album advance on alcohol and drugs. She said, was it drug fueled? Absolutely. I mean, there was a flood going on. We were all 
also stuck inside like there was a torrential downpour and flooding happening in Portland while that record was being made. That was an interview with SunGenre.com, by the way, when asked how much they had spent on drugs and alcohol. She said, I'm sure a significant percentage. I mean, we just got signed to a major label and had a wad of cash to make a record with. And you know, you've got to have some parties. Those parties sound like they might be fun as long as you aren't Blur or The Long Pigs, if anyone can remember those. Courtney Taylor Taylor certainly can. Dandy Warhol's at 34 and at 33, we snogged her earlier in this podcast. Here is Madonna down from 22 in her fourth week with Hollywood. Thank you, Madonna. So let's round out the 30s with at 32, Escob Juniors with Full No More, and at 31, The Coral with Pass It On. Someone else to blame And every crime that I commit There'll be a punishment to fear But I'd accept what's coming round If I could only lose this sound That's been ringing in my ears And tormenting me for years When it's gone And all this is gone Just find a feeling Coral there. Just worth noting that their album Medicine and Melancholy is number one in the album charts this week, 20 years ago, selling 62,792 copies and ending Beyonce's run at the top with her album Dangerously in Love. One person's chart run that definitely can't be stopped, however, is in its 14th week at number 30, Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey with I Know What You Want. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. I know what you want. You know I got it, baby. If you give it to me, I'll give it to you. As long as you want, you know I got it. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. Mommy, listen. Very exciting moment now at number 29 because this is a new entry from someone that until I started researching this episode I had never heard of. Maria Wilson with Chooser Loser. Loser, 
In case you were wondering, that's C-H-O-O-Z-A, L-O-O-Z-A. Many ways, the swagger jagger of its time from Maria Wilson. Not, of course, to be confused with Mara Wilson, who played Matilda and is now, I think, an iconic lesbian. I can't remember whether she came out. I think it was her. Anyway, the funny things about Choose a Loser, well, it begin with the name, but then continue with the fact that the official YouTube version of it has it as part of the compilation called Celebrating Mother's Day, colon, Mum Knows Best, colon, the album too. Sad that there was not enough space for Maria Wilson on Celebrating Mother's Day, colon, Mum Knows Best, colon, the album one, but that's that's the music industry for you. Also, I'd like to ask the compiler of Celebrating Mother's Day, colon, Mum Knows Best, colon, the album two, what exactly gave him mother about this song? Because certainly, Maria Wilson doesn't give mother, as the children say. She was, however, one of the acts that the record label cynically tried to release as the British Avril Lavigne. Obviously, Amy Stutt, in my view, doing a much better job with that title. The first newspaper to interview Maria Wilson was the Manchester Evening News. Their piece began, The phrase British Avril Lavigne is guaranteed to strike fear into the hearts of sentient beings the world over. Kind of equivalent of a sober Sean Ryder or a Jazz Girls Allowed. Certain things just should not happen, and for proof we need to look no further than Amy Stutt. Rude and inaccurate, okay? Don't get on my nemesis list, Manchester Evening News. Luckily, as a journalist, I believe we should support local press, so I'll forgive you for now. Maria Wilson describes her own sound as it's very guitar-driven and edgy, and not your usual commercial pop music. Guitar music is what I love. And you could tell her genuine bona fides to real guitar music when she supported Busted on their tour just before releasing Choose a Loser. Very satisfying song name to say, even if it's a terrible title. Maria says of her song, the single is about a girl who turns up at her boyfriend's house and finds him with another girl. She's saying that she's not going to be second best and stick with a loser. It's about putting your geezer in his place, taking control of your relationship and not taking any crap. It's got a really strong message, which is exactly what I'm aiming for. Apparently, Maria Wilson first found fame on the TV show My Kind of People, the TV show which travelled around shopping centres getting strangers to perform. We won't go too much into it because it was presented by Michael Barrymore and I'm absolutely not going to open that massive can of worms other than to read out this gross entry from the My Kind of People Wikipedia page. Susan Boyle performed on the show 13 years before she became famous worldwide for her Britain's Got Talent audition. Barrymore mocked her as she performed I Don't Know How to Love Him from Jesus Christ Superstar at the Olympia Mall in East Kilbride lying on the stage beneath her and pretending to look up her skirt as she performed, attempting to sing with her during the end of the song and then staging a kiss with her. Don't know what to say other than television used to be pretty bleak. Anyway, back to Maria Wilson. She unfortunately is somewhat of a chart loser, L-O-O-Z-A, herself, because her second single only got to number 43 after Choose a Loser got to number 29. If her second song was anything like Choose a Loser, then it may have been the quality of the song. They got it to number 43, but it certainly didn't help that her record label Telstar went bankrupt in 2004. As for what Maria Wilson's doing now, there is a Maria Wilson with two L's in her surname on LinkedIn who is listed as a singer for the Bannertine group. So I'm hoping it might be our Maria Wilson. And yes, in case you're wondering, that is Duncan Bannertine from Dragon's Den. Quite exactly what the Bannertine group, which is a company that mostly owns gyms and spas, needs with a singer is unclear, but there we go. But it does make me think, Duncan Bannertine, what do you think about Maria Wilson's song Choose a Loser? I'm out. Things aren't going to get much better, unfortunately, with number 28, which in its fourth week is Joe Budden with Pump It Up. I'm only dealing with freaks that want to cut mine If you agree, you want nut Can't go to get it played late night on BT Uncut do your thing, let me do my thing. I mean, do your thing, let me do my thing. Move that thing, mommy, move that thing. Come on, move that thing, mommy, move that thing. Huh. So do your thing, let me do my thing. Pump, pump, pump it up. I see 
Luckily, you know, an absolute banger is now at 27. Down from 19 last week in its fifth week, here is Mystique with Can't Get It Back. Mystique, interestingly, are the other band in this chart who were most impacted by Telstar going bankrupt because it was their record label and Can't Get It Back is the penultimate single from Mystique with their next song only going to number 13, I think. So certainly a promising girl band who are doing really well suddenly not being able to do so well and then not releasing another song, a definite sign that maybe could be blamed to the fact that Telstar went bankrupt. Also, an interesting thing about Telstar going bankrupt which will probably affect a lot of listeners of this is that the Telstar bankruptcy is probably the main reason why Victoria Beckham's absolutely classic, incredible double single, This Groove and Let Your Head Go, is still unavailable on streaming. Because I've seen it reported that after Tarstar went bankrupt, she was able to buy her masters back, which meant that she has control of those two songs and has stopped them from being released, despite many gays across the UK desperately trying to get them to her to release them. And I'll add my voice to that. If you're listening, Vicky, please just put those two songs out. It's everything that pop gays want. Was the Telstar bankruptcy Mystique's fault? No, of course not. Was it Maria Wilson's fault? Mm, Maybe a bit. So Mystique at 27. And while Telstar's bank balance became invisible at 26, here is D-Side with Invisible. I promise that's the worst link on this week's show. What would it take to make you see Classic Stalker's Anthem there from D-Side. At 25 and 24, meanwhile, we have two songs that are both in their seventh week on the chart. At 25, Delta Goodwin with Lost Without You. And at 24, 50 Cent with 21 Questions. I admit that I was wrong. Do you believe me when I tell you you the one I'm loving? Are you mad because I'm asking you 21 questions? Are you my soulmate? Thank you, Fiddy, again for 21 questions there. So incredible staying power for 50 Cent on this week's chart. Not only is his Inter Club in its 21st week, 21 questions in its seventh week mean that 
between those two songs alone, that represents six months on the UK singles chart. Almost makes being shot nine times worth it, doesn't it? What it does do is makes our number 23 look even more embarrassing in how badly they've been able to work the charts. At 23 then, down from nine last week, is Triple Eight with Give Me A Reason. Into my memory, I used to, used to believe everything you said just before I got to know you. In a little while, saw the other side, always acting like I owe you. And when I think what could have been is such a shame, but you say you're not the same. If this ain't a game, give me, give me a reason to want you back. I don't want you back. I'd be better by myself. 14 place drop there. Would you believe that this is their last song on the UK Top 40? Mind you, to give them some credit, their last song, Knockout, did have a 17 place drop in its second week. So I guess. That's an improvement, maybe? Unfortunately, not enough of improvement to keep them on their label and to get their debut album, iconically named Heavyweight, Heavy W8, released. But we'll be able to talk at least one more time about Triple Eight. I have developed a soft spot for them over the last few weeks, and a band I definitely have a huge soft spot for is at number 22 with a new entry, Junior Senior, with Rhythm Bandits. Now, before we play it, it is, of course, an open showbiz secret that every double act has one gay one and one straight one. Holly and Phil, obviously, but Ant and Dex, Sam and Mark, Rich and Judy, Sooty and Sweep, they all have one who, shall we say, is secretly cut from the chiffon cloth. Disclaimer, this is a joke. But by far my favourite gay and straight duo is Junior Senior. We want to feel that new to Junior Senior. Of course, they're best known for their huge hit, Move Your Feet. And Junior is the straight one and Senior is the gay one. I think Senior may have written Rhythm Bandits because this term Rhythm Bandit does awfully sound like a euphemism for a gay man that someone might use in the North. Eop! Have you heard about our Arthur? He's a bloody rhythm bandit now down that London. Oh, aye, they all are down there. You see them banditing rhythm right in the street. Oh, it makes me sick. Now, a tweet that my husband loves to cite all the time, anytime I wear anything really, is one that reads, All bears dress like toddlers who have been allowed to dress themselves. Unfair, but Senior is certainly not helping us to avoid that accusation. On his Top of the Pops performance of Rhythm Bandits, he's wearing acid-washed baggy jeans with a denim jacket, which is a different colour of denim, a purple Mickey Mouse t-shirt with a big gold chain and a polka dot visor hat, whereas the straight Junior looks like, what if Beck was a twink? Now, my role on this podcast is just to talk about pop history. It's not to give pop stars career advice. After all, what would be the point these decisions were made 20 years ago? Saying that, however, Junior Senior really messed up by making Rhythm Bandits their second single, in my opinion, and not the incredibly superior Shake Your Coconuts. Shake your coconuts. That song 
After All was featured on the soundtracks of Confessions of a Drama Queen, The Prince and Me, and Looney Tunes Back in Action. And if any films know about quality, it's those three, surely. By the way, this is a good chance for me to make a public apology for probably about six months. Every time I was at a party and someone told me to put a song on, I put the DFA remix of Shake Your Coconuts by Junior Senior, no matter what the actual vibe of the party was. So sorry about that. But what I'm most sorry of is the fact that this is the last Junior Senior song to chart in the UK. They really did deserve a better career, but then we deserved a better second single. So what are you going to do? What I'm certainly going to do is move on to 21 in its second week, down from 13 last week, the All-American Rejects with Swing Swing. Swiftly come and go, dreaming of her, she's seeing other guys, emotions are stirred. Swing, swing there, and we're going to swing right on to our halfway point in the chart. Hiya, I'm Wes with this week's official The 2000s Chart Show. Top 20. Thanks, Wes. At 20, down from 15. It's been a month on the chart now for Javine with Real Things. Let me show you what you love is. That'll never let you down. To tell you that they love you and always be around. You could be the hottest, you could be the finest, it don't matter to me. You could be the baddest, be the most stylish, you could be rolling in money. It don't matter what you got, your heart is over the last few weeks, we've talked a lot about Javine and MC Harvey from So Solid Cruise Affair. And I did think to myself, oh God, have we talked too much about this maybe no one cares maybe everyone else has just forgotten it oh no 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 even earlier this year people were still trying to dig up drama about Javine MC Harvey and Alicia Dixon the woman who MC Harvey was married to when Javine had their affair when Alicia Dixon hosted Eurovision in May 2023 there was a metro story after she appeared to like a tweet that was about Javine. So someone tweeted, Nobody has talked about how Alicia Dixon is now hosting the show that was the highlight of her husband's mistress's short-lived career. A boss move, absolute queen. Alicia Dixon liked that and publications all over Britain wrote about it. So we're not the only ones who are still obsessed with that very 2000s pop scandal. I'm definitely more obsessed with that than I am with our number 19 new entry, Funeral for a Friend with Jeannot. say it like je know because it is j-u-n-e-a-u sounds vaguely french but funeral for a friend of course are a welsh hardcore band from bridge end that's part of wales not usually a place you associate with metal we're so bloody metal we are we absolutely bloody love satan and all that yep sorry to any welsh people yet again the song was originally called juno 
spelt J-U-N-O, and featured more screamed vocals, and was the, the second song that Funeral for a Friend wrote as a band. They wrote it about a relationship that singer Matt Davis had had in which someone cheated on him. Here's what the original sounded like. I can't quite make out what they're saying there, but I think it's something about Elliot Page being pregnant and hamburger phones and how strangely erotic Michael Sarah is in those tiny shorts. You know, because the film's called Juno. Yeah, and good. They changed it, however, to Juno, which is actually a city in Alaska because that city is, quote, cold, harsh, unforgiving country. Bit rude of them to Alaska, to be honest, because according to Princess Cruises, Juno is home to 280 species of birds, brown and black bears, five species of salmon and whales, primarily humpback and orca. But you're not interested in that? are you funeral for a friend just that it's bloody cold i think you've been disrespectful to juno but it was didn't stop funeral for a friend having eight further uk top 40s however my favorite thing forever about funeral for a friend will be that their fans shorten their name to ffaf or faf it's my life's work now to get to review one of their albums in the future and just simply write a lot of faf and on that that hilarious pun here is a man pretty adept with comedy himself at 18 down from 14 in its fourth week on the chart Eminem with business looks like Batman brought his own Robin oh God the Don's got his own riding with his own private plane his own pilot set the blow polish don't move yours off the hinges oranges peach pears plums oranges yeah here I come my mitches away from you there fear none hip hop is in a state Someone who's been doing some serious business in the UK top 40 is at number 17. He was at number 6 last week and this is the first week that he's left the top 10 and it's his seventh week on the chart. Probably the song of the summer in 2003. Wayne Wonder with No Letting Go. And spoiler alert, keep an ear out for the tune of No Letting Go because you're going to be hearing it again a little bit further down the chart. this week being beaten in the charts unfortunately by at 16 in its 13th week on the chart R. Kelly with Ignition remix now we've made it a kind of moral stance not really to talk about R. Kelly on this show I will of course remind you that throughout 2003 he was fighting over a dozen charges of possession of child pornography for legal reasons I have to say that he was acquitted but I can also say that at the time Big Book of 2003 features quotes of pop stars being dicks and none of them are bigger dicks than R. Kelly when he says quote Osama Bin Laden is the only one who knows what I'm going through so that's a massive bummer so let's up the tone a little bit with our number 15 this week pink and william orbit with feel good time make a body work make a bigger hurt sell me something big meanwhile is three people who are trying to make you have a good time but are probably gonna make you 
want to jump into a river and never return at 14 in their seventh week down from 11 fast food rockers with fast food song fancy a mcdonald's after that oh the very thought makes you sick to your stomach well i guess the fast food rockers have done one thing of value talking of only one thing of value here is lisa mafia's attempted follow-up to her number two single all over a new entry at number 13 in love there and I don't know about you but I'm certainly not in love with that song definitely not able to follow up with the energy of all over it says a lot in fact that the best part of her top of the pops performance is when the crowd says Lisa Mafia like they do in the first single it's Lisa if I listen to your follow-up and the only thing I think about is wanting to listen to your first single, you haven't really succeeded there. A bad follow-up, however, did not stop Lisa Mafia being named the fourth best member of So Solid Crew by Enemy. She solid Lisa this year, snatched defeat from the jaws of solo victory in typically uncompromising style. Ace debut single All Over snapped at the diamond-studded heels of greatness, threatening the possibility of a viable solo solid career. Yet in fairness, Lisa did follow the example of the US R&B greats by recording an album over stuff with limp filler that hadn't been budgeted for in love definitely in the limp filler category unfortunately and so just like junior senior on this week's chart one bad follow-up and that's it for your career unfortunately she tried to release a third single called women of the world which came out december 2003 and only got to number 77 but it's not quite it lisa mafia fans don't despair because she did have a number 36 hit in september 2007 so pencil that in your diary for september 2027 when we'll talk about it on the podcast even though at that point we may very probably be doing the podcast from a hastily erected scaffolding after climate change puts london underwater so enjoy that but for now let's talk about what happened to lisa mafia after being dropped from her label she took part in the games which was a channel four i think series in which celebrities took part in track and field events she won a bronze medal and got the honor of competing alongside kevin from liberty x and danny from hearsay and in doing that she was following on from her fellow so solid crew member who incidentally was number one in enemies list of the best so solid crew members mc harvey he won the show in 2003 and then so did Javine in 2006 who of course as everyone who's listened to this podcast now knows did have an affair with MC Harvey at this point basically the podcast is sponsored by MC Harvey and Javine's affair so thank you to the two of them Lisa Mafia scores 8.50 points well a terrific competition and I take my hat off to every one of these women for what they have done And in fact, Lisa Mafia also has a special place in this podcast because if you search Lisa Mafia on Google, one of the most commonly asked questions now is, what is Lisa Mafia's real name? 
And as we spent literally three episodes talking about the fact that her name is really Lisa Mafia, I like to think that that spike in interest in what Lisa Mafia's name is is due to this podcast. I mean, it's rude that all those people just didn't believe me and had to Google it, but it's good to be curious, I guess. And I bet you're curious about what number 12 is. So let me tell you now, it is down from seven in its second week on the chart, Deepest Blue by Deepest Blue. that hasn't lulled you enough into a slumber here at number 11 is maybe tomorrow by the stereophonics so maybe tomorrow i find my way You may not have had much fun with that song, but Enemy had a lot of fun with Stereophonics in their big book of 2003, giving us 10 different anagrams of the Stereophonics name. So did you know, for example, that Stereophonics is an anagram of Shorty Ponces, One Shit Corpse, Corneas Hopes, I Consort Sheep, Shoe Inspector, To Piss on Cheer, Oh Cretin's Pose, Oh No Erect Piss, This Saw Ponce, and honest copiers. It's up to you to decide your personal favourite from those. I think Oh No Erect Piss does it for me. And well, something else that does it for me is this next song. So this is our number 10 this week, but I'm not just going to tell you what it is. Oh no. In the spirit of 2003, here is the ringtone version of this song. See if you can guess what this is from the ringtone. Why? It's Fly on the Wings of Love by XTM and DJ Chucky featuring Anya, of course. I misspoke there. I believe it's XTM and DJ Chucky presents Anya. Very important, that distinction. Yes, doesn't sound any worse on ringtone, weirdly enough. And that ringtone does, of course, take us into our top 10. So let's see what is still left. New entries this week. A lot in the top 10. Blue Cantrell, Craig David, Koshin, Lumidi, and Robbie Williams all fighting out for that number one spot, which was taken last week by Daniel Benningfield's Never Gonna Leave Your Side. But is it gonna leave the number one spot? Well, all of those songs have a strong chance, and so do the songs that were around last week including Benny Benassi, Evanescence and Beyonce. So quite the top 10. So let's get into it with number nine, one of the at least three former number ones in the top 10, perhaps four as of this week. In its 12th week on the chart, down from five last week, here is Evanescence with Bring Me To Life. Wake me up, wake me up inside. Wake up, wake me up. 
brought me right into life and right into our number eight, which is a new entry for a Senor Craig David with a, I'll say, Spanish. In fresh from out of town, just breezed in, so I thought I'd take a look around and find a party with the vibes right. Talking maybe me the honey to come home tonight. So, shades on top, soft the whip. Taking in the sights as I cruise the strip As I pull up to a red light I see this pretty little shorty in my headlights This girl looks half black and half oriental Man, this chick's got class and style I'd like to ask her for her credentials Name, address, numbers to dial she plays top- Craig David there with Spanish You may remember a few weeks ago in the same episode in which Colin Murray became a nemesis of this podcast, Avid Merian was a guest on Top of the Pops. In case you can't remember who that is, you lucky, lucky people. Avid Merian was a comedy character created by Lee Francis, the, quotes, comedian behind Keith Lemon. And the idea of this guy was that he was an Eastern European guy with a neck brace who was obsessed with, obsessed with celebrities. And he was part of a show called Bo Selector, which basically had Lee Francis playing multiple celebrities of the time in very grotesque rubber masks. And one of those characters that he he played all the time was Craig David and in this clip from Top of the Pops Avid Marion meets Craig David this is the stage where Craig David will be doing his vibe the intact. nice oh, to meet you fun. boys you okay? yes Love this show is going to be a good show tonight it's going to be an amazing show Mick Hocknell you guys I touched, I touched your guitar Seven days, and I touched your mic. Any minute now, the Elvis Presley of UK Garage and Hip Hop R&B will be on the stage. This also gives us a little peek behind the scenes of Top of the Pops, because obviously we know that Avid Merian was on set on Top of the Pops about three weeks ago, which means that this Craig David clip was also recorded three weeks ago. It's a very clever stitch-up job, Top of the Pops, to make everything look live when some things are recorded in America, some things were recorded weeks ago. I know from reading a book about someone who used to go to Top of the Pops all the time that if a pop star came to Top of the Pops, they would usually record the entire album campaign at once, and then it would just they would just change costumes every time, and it would be bled across multiple episodes. So there's a little bit of a peek behind the curtain there but let's not to get distracted by the intricacies of Top of the Pops because we need to talk about the bitter relationship between Lee Francis and Craig David and this is why the Top of the Pops very much a little bit in its mean-spirited era in 2003 we've previously seen the episode in which they talked about One True Voice splitting up just as One True Voice were about to start singing. We've talked about how they made D-Side watch as Richard from Fame Academy slagged them off. And in this episode, they have Lee Francis as Avid Merian confront Craig David, which had the potential to be funny had Craig David not, in many interviews, said how much he hated the fact that Lee Francis had played him so many times. Here's just a sample of something he said about it. This is Craig David. What it was very reminiscent of was of days when I was at school growing up when I had been bullied. Not for long periods of time just experiences of bullying but when you've experienced it it's like a trauma that sticks at you it was like being ridiculed and bullied on national tv and the fact he was wearing a black rubber mask that throws in the whole thing of him black facing which wouldn't be acceptable now another reason that both selector incidentally wouldn't been wouldn't be acceptable now is because Crazily, now they expect comedies to be funny, which Bo Selector rarely achieved. Now, it should be said that Lee Francis has kind of apologised for doing so much blackface on Bo Selector. Not only did he play Craig David, but he also played many other characters. In 2020, just as the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, he wrote on social media, Back in 2002, I did a show called Bo Selector and portrayed many black people. I've been talking to some people and I didn't realise how offensive it was back then and I just want to apologise. I just want to say sorry for any upset I caused, whether I was Michael Jackson, Craig David, 
Trisha Goddard, all people that I'm a big fan of. I guess we're all on a learning journey. A few things to unpack there. True that there was a disturbing amount of blackface still on television in the early 2000s, but the idea that we didn't know it was offensive isn't true. And secondly, it's weird there that he says that he apologises to Michael Jackson, Craig David and Trisha Goddard, people he says that he's a fan of, but doesn't apologise to Mel B. If he's implying that he's not a fan of Mel B, then that is very rude and he's clearly never heard her song for once in my life which is enough to make anyone a fan for life never mind her uk number one single i want you back it wasn't enough to hate lee francis for the blackface hate him for his disrespect towards mel b there he had previously been less apologetic when asked about it when asked specifically about offending craig david he said the only way it's ever going to go away from him if he feels people are going on about it is to stop talking about it it's ages ago isn't it it's 20 years ago i wish he wasn't upset all of this makes me feel very good that when i saw lee francis in public recently at a barbie screening i did give him the side I was doing it for Keith Lemon because a scourge on TV, but we can also say that it was for his disrespect to Craig David. Not that Craig David himself is immune from being a little racist. Let's talk about a few of the lyrics from this song, Spanish. This girl looked half black yet half oriental. Moving quickly on from that, and then after that he rhymes oriental with credentials so it says the girl looked half black yet half oriental man this chick's got class and style i'd like to ask for her credentials what's the worst the racism or the awful rhyme it is the racism but the rhyme is still pretty bad and if that wasn't bad enough he then says here's an acapella and doesn't give us one this girl plays a great instrumentals here's an acapella mine. girl would you like a drink with me so what the hell is going on with spanish is difficult to pass to be fair, he does say he's going to speak some Spanish and then does speak Spanish. There are only two acts that are allowed to break randomly into Spanish. One of them is Last Ketchup, because to be fair, they are Spanish. And the other one, of course, is Jerry Halliwell. Get off of Jerry Halliwell's turf, Craig. And we're going to get off of talking about Craig David other than to say this is his 10th top 40, which is pretty good going seeing as he only started in 2000. And at this point he had had two UK number ones with Fill Me In and Seven Days. And talking of the number seven, here is a new entry at number seven, Koshin with All In My Head. been a great week of discovery for me when it comes to Koshin. I'd listened to a few Koshin songs before. Haiju in particular is a song that I weirdly spent an evening talking about but I had no idea that Koshin was a woman and not only is Koshin a woman but she looks like the exact intersection between Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Enya so quite a striking woman and not only is Koshin I say she Koshin is a she there I'm doing a thing I actually hate other people do is when they describe Blondie as her because in fact Koshin is a band and they're from Bristol no less which is where I'm from so I'm very into Koshin now but I'm not into the way that they've appropriated Native American culture with this album so all in my head is from the album 
Cockapelli, which is named after a Native American deity. One of the band members says that he was a spiritual character and he used to travel from all the villages and reservations to spread fertility, you know, to make the crops grow. I suppose he was like a witch doctor as well as he used to do some music and dance. We were kind of into American history and culture anyway, but then Sean, who's the lead singer, was reading about this guy and we thought we'd link it to that. British people were weirdly into Native American culture in the late 90s and early 2000s. I think it kind of started with Dances with Wolves and then just slowly trickled through culture. I know that my gran when we were growing up, had loads of random Native American art on her walls. And I don't think she'd ever been to America, so quite where she'd got, like, pieces of tree trunk with sitting bull painted on them. I don't know, but she had loads of them. Maybe the only way in which my gran and Koshin are linked there. And this, if you want to know more about Koshin, if you're not you haven't heard you haven't had the luxury of hearing about them this is their fourth top 40 single and the second top 10 single after the song i was just talking about hide you but it's also their last ever uk top 40 so they can take their native american paraphernalia and get out of the charts by the way this reminds me at london pride the other day i was drinking outside of the retro bar and a white girl just walked right past us in a head-to-toe Native American headdress. Our jaws dropped. It was like, has, has this girl not seen the news for like five years that she could thought this was acceptable to walk through London in? Bizarre. People are strange. And I guess that's all we have to say about that before we head in to number six, down from four in its third week. Here is Benny Benassi and the Biz with Satisfaction. <laughs> ago by the way we mentioned that bring me to life by evanescence was the most shazam song of 2003 and satisfaction by benny benassi is the eighth most shazam song of 2003 i'm so i really hope that's a piece of trivia that just sticks in your brain and you just randomly factually recall it at some point and also never forget that shazam at this point you had to ring a number they would answer you would play the song to your phone and then they text you back what the song was presumably a few minutes later what a crazy world and talking of crazy that wasn't intentional it's just i am just in the flow state of links it seems Another former number one here at number five in its fifth week in the chart, down from two last week. Beyonce with Crazy in Love. And the number ones don't stop coming because after just one week at the top of the charts, at number four, we have Daniel Benningfield with Never Gonna Leave Your Side. Like a breath without the end And every day's the same since you've gone This 
last week, I did promise that I was going to try and find out what the hell is going on with Daniel Benningfield. And the facts about his life only get stranger. Here's an interview that he gave in which he says that he can only record songs in his boxers. Really now, you wrote sure. most of this in your apartment in your underwear. That's, that's no, no, what I've been... I produced most of my... Oh, produced most, most of, of my it. stuff. In my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> you love having that out there? <laughs> I love... Okay, well, the story how it got out there, I was uh, basically... In order to really feel my vocals enough, generally I have to strip to my boxers. Um, and I'm sitting in the studio, in this big London studio, and I'm asking everyone in the room, do you mind if I, if I strip down? They're like, fine. So I get in my boxes. I realise that they've left the blinds open. <laughs> so everyone walking past is looking at me in my underwear, singing my heart out. As you listen to Never Gonna Leave Your Side, picture Daniel Benefield in just a pair of boxers. Hopefully that was either very pleasurable or horrific for you. I have to say, the more Daniel Benningfield content I've watched, the more that I find him strangely attractive. I don't know whether that's Stockholm Syndrome, but certainly I wouldn't mind seeing him in his boxers if he wants to go on a Zoom with me. Actually, as I've said that, I, got a, I felt a little bit sick, actually, so maybe I'll take that back. So if Daniel Benningfield has been knocked off of the top spot, that means that we have a new UK number one this week, 20 years ago, and there are three songs that are fighting for that number one spot. Blue Cantrell with her duet with Sean Paul, Breathe. Her last song, Hit Em Up Style, only got to number 12. So already this is her highest placing song so far. But does she have what it takes to get all the way to number one? Well, it's going to be a tricky one for Blue Cantrell because there is another R&B girly at the start of her career fighting for that number one spot. And it is Lumadi with her song Never Leave You. You may know it by that title or you may know it due to its iconic intro. You may know it as Uh-oh, Uh-oh. I was about to say it's probably more tuneful in the song but as we will get to, not necessarily. So two big R&B smashes there, however, are facing up against Robbie Williams. At this point, the biggest act in Britain, basically. Last week, he'd 375,000 people had seen him perform at Nebworth, the biggest music event in British history. So he's flying at his highest. His new song, Something Beautiful, he will be hoping to get his sixth number one with his new single, Something Beautiful. His previous number ones, Millennium, She's the One, Rock DJ, Eternity, and Something Stupid, his duet with Nicole Kidman. Yes, really Gen Z. Nicole Kidman did a duet with Robbie Williams and got a Christmas number one. Madness. So at at number three, will it be Blue Cantrell, Lumidy, or Robbie Williams? Well, here is our number three position. If you can't wake up in the morning, cause your bed lies speaking at night. If you're lost, hurt, tired, or lonely, can't control it, try as you Something Beautiful There by Robbie Williams. As in the song is called Something Beautiful. That wasn't my value judgment of it. Although I think the song is fine. Although my husband did point out how much the tune sounds like Raw by Katy Perry. So now that's all I can hear, unfortunately. Of course, Something Beautiful came first. So Something Beautiful by Robbie Williams at number three. Definitely not the result that you might have expected against Lumadie and Blue Cantrell versus the biggest British pop star in the world in 2003. But part of that may be due to the fact that Robbie played to 375,000 people the weekend that Something Beautiful came out and yet refused to play it. At any of the three dates, when Robbie released his first biography, Feel, we got an insight into why he refused to play it at the Nebworth gigs. So he's at rehearsals, and when something beautiful starts, he stops. He doesn't want to do it, now or ever. It's the next single, he reasons, but so fucking what? Just fuck it off. And then when they walk off, they'll be, where was that? 
and I'll be at the hotel. Because to tell the truth, there's a few songs here every night I'm going to be a bit I hate this one about. I can do a few of them. Something Beautiful will be one too many. He studies the set list, striking out Something Beautiful and Sexed Up as well for good measure, and puts kids back in. In an instant, he has undone everything he has been persuaded to do over months of tour meetings. Definitely a case where being the most successful British musician of the time also gives you a lot of power, which leads you to start to make not exactly the best decisions. This is a story that we'll see time and time again in the chart. The more creative power that someone gets, the more their career goes in a weird direction. It's very telling, for example, that he's had five UK number ones up to this point and in the future there's only two left and of course he is in a few years going to release Rude Box an album which I actually think is a quiet masterpiece but certainly most people don't agree with me there also of course Robbie is going to go into some dark times which we're going to talk about as the charts and the episode to go on but first let's talk about something beautiful specifically which may have been written for Tom Jones it says on the Wikipedia page need to stop just saying things that are on Wikipedia and actually source them so that all I'm saying there is it maybe was and it certainly wouldn't surprise me if it was the song is best known for its video in which people compete pop idol style to appear in a Robbie Williams video. Now, I didn't know before this that Robbie was obviously a huge Murder Dolls fan because their video for White Wedding a few weeks ago had basically exactly the same concept of a parody of Pop Idol. So amazing. People don't talk about Murder Dolls as a Robbie Williams influence, but the evidence is all there. The winner in this video, who won the chance to perform as Robbie Williams in the video, ended up playing Simon Cowell in a Chicago Town pizza ad, which makes sense because if you think about it, Simon Cowell does kind of look like if Robbie Williams melted a little bit. Even to the, like, that shiny, plasticky look that something gets after it's melted and rehardened. Simon Cowell really has that. In my opinion, I say that for legal reasons. This album, which Something Beautiful is a part of, which is Escapology, was the first result of Robbie Williams' 2002 contract with EMI, which was valued at £80 million, making it the biggest music deal in UK history. And there's a clip that you used to see of Robbie Williams after he'd signed this deal, that you used to see everywhere in the mid-2000s. And it's always kind of haunted me. There's something like the way that he shouts in this clip that's I've always found quite horrifying. The most expensive British record deal of all time, Robbie Williams refused to confirm figures, but his new contract with EMI, announced today, certainly means one thing. But I'm rich beyond my wildest dreams! There's also a Star Stories, if you can remember that, comedy show clip that parodies it that I honestly think about once every seven days. Ha! How'd you like that, Gary? Eh? 80 million quid and a pie! And this pie. So that is everything you need to know about Something Beautiful for now. I'm going to track down a copy of Robbie Williams' feel from the local library so I can share with you more Robbie Williams tidbits as we go along. And also because Robbie Williams' autobiography just feels like the kind of book that every library has 12 copies of. You know what I mean? So I'll definitely be able to find it in my local library and share its insights with you another week. But for now, we have to go through our last two songs. It's The Battle of Lumadi versus Blue Cantrell, a Blur versus Oasis chart battle of titans there which one has got to number one however well let's recap the entire top 40 and then reveal our new uk number one on the 9th of august 2003 at 40 amy stuck with misfit 39 jennifer ellison's baby i don't care 38 a new entry hot or heat no not now 37 blazing squad we just be dreaming 36 christina aguilera fighter 35 50 cent in the club 34 a new entry dandy warhols you were the last high 33 madonna hollywood 32 escape juniors fall no more 31 the coral pass it on 30, Buster Rhymes, Mariah Carey, I know what you want. 29, a new entry for Maria Wilson with Choose a Loser. 28, Joe Budden with Pump It Up. 27, Mystique, Can't Get It Back. 
26, D-Side, Invisible. 25, Delta Goodrum, Lost Without You. 24, 50 Cent, 21 Questions. 23, Triple Eight, Give Me a Reason. 22, A New Entry, Junior Senior Rhythm Bandits. 21, All American Rejects Swing Swing. 20, Javine, Real Things. 19, A New Entry, Jeanneau by Fumal for a Friend. 18, Eminem with Business. 17, Wayne Wonders, No Letting Go. 16, R. Kelly's Ignition Remix. 15, Pink's Feel Good Time. 14, Fast Food Rockers Fast Food Song. 13, New Entry for Lisa Mafia within Love. 12, Deepest Blue with Deepest Blue. 11, Stereophonics, Maybe Tomorrow. 10, XTM and DJ Chucky featuring Ania, Fly on the Wings of Love. 9, Evanescence's Bring Me to Life. 8, a new entry for Craig David with Spanish. 7, a new entry for Koshin with All in My Head. 6, Benny Manassi featuring The Business Satisfaction. 5, Beyonce's Crazy in Love. 4, Daniel Bellyfield's Never Gonna Leave Your Side. 3, a new entry for Robbie Williams with Something Beautiful. And at 2, Lumidy would never leave you, brackets, uh-oh, uh-oh. Which means this week's number one, 20 years ago, was Blue Cantrell featuring Sean Paul with Breathe. We're going to talk about that song in a minute. But first, let's hear Lumidy's number two debut hit, Never Leave You. Very exciting, a genuine one-hit wonder. One of the things that gets me furious as a pop music fan, I don't know if you feel the same thing, is when someone describes someone as a one-hit wonder when they have lots of other hits that they've just forgotten about. Aha, and not a one-hit wonder, because not only did Take On Me get to number one, but so too did The Sun Always Shines on TV. They have two number one singles, and they did a James Bond theme. So don't tell me that Aha are one-hit wonders. But Luma D is a genuine one-hit wonder. This is her only UK top 40 single, and it got to number two. So very exciting. The other thing that drives me is as a music fan is when you listen to like absolute 90s and they play a song for the 2000s. But that's not relevant here. So let's stick to Luma D and wonder how much time do you think was spent deciding how many O's they were going to have in the title Never Leave You brackets. Uh, ooh, uh, uh, They went for UH space... O-O-O-H. Even though I would say, uh-oh, should at least have another O because something kind of O has three O's, might even have four O's, and that's a much shorter O than in uh-oh, uh-oh by Lumidy. So we need consistency in the O and O region. Okay, that's all I ask from pop music. Is that too much? Well, I do ask for one more thing, and that's for Lumidy to give a good Top of the Pops performance, which she categorically fails at. One way you can tell that it was pre-recorded is because Reggie Yates, after it finishes, says, what a voice. Which, if she had just heard what had just happened, he would not be saying that. Probably another one of the ones recorded in America. I'm starting to get a feeling now that they may have just had an America Day at some point in that year for Top of the Pops in which they recorded all of Eminem and Luma D and B2K all together because the set for the three of them is exactly the same and is clearly not in Britain. So again, more peeks behind the curtain of a show that ended 17 years ago. Never too late. Some fun facts about Luma D. She's a New York-born Puerto Rico singer she began singing at 12 and then was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at 12 i don't know if those two things are linked i doubt it but it does make her wikipedia page quite funny 
I do love it when it takes a sudden swerve into tragedy like that. She was, she learned to be a singer at 12, and then she developed through rheumatoid arthritis. A switch in tone that the one show would be jealous of there. Although I say I love that tonal swing. I don't love that she has rheumatoid arthritis. Obviously, that's very sad. And she was 19 when Never Leave You released, so she had seven years to perfect her singing. I can't criticise because I can't really sing, but then I don't have a number two hit, so. But that did not stop the song, obviously, becoming a big hit. Not only on the UK charts, where it's at number two, but also on the on New York radio, where it what was an underground hit that became the most requested song in New York radio in 2003. So a genuine rags to riches success. It is kind of warming that this was able to beat the all the might of EMI with Robbie Williams. Part of the reason for its success, of course, though, I said, keep an ear out for that Wayne Wonder rhythm. And you may have heard it there in Lumity. This is another case of the Diwali rhythm that featured in No Letting Go by Wayne Wonder, Get Busy by Sean Paul a few weeks ago, and will go on to appear in Ponder Replay by Rihanna in a few years' time. The Washington Post. We didn't just, don't just think I got all of my information from badly source wikipedia pages no no i read a washington post interview with lumity which reveals this fascinating fact that she collects lip gloss and in 2003 she said she had 500 chapsticks so she may be the first the first pop star to spaff all of her earnings on thousands of chapsticks if you're thinking to yourself it's a little bit cynical that they just reused the diwali rhythm that had been successful in other songs you're kind of right and the producer of the song does admit that lumity says of using the diwali rhythm in her song i was just being really lazy that day and i was like oh i don't want to write anything i was thinking what i had already recorded that might go with the rhythm and then she remembered never leave you always good to start your pop career with laziness isn't it Really, don't bother putting you all into the first song. You know, whatever. You only get to number two and never be able to follow it up. Fine. Interestingly, the uh-ohs in this song are really what makes it. And I think it's the bit that everyone remembers from this song, even if you have never kept the word Lumity in your head. But they were actually a very late addition to the song. The producer was called Ted Smooth, which sounds like hilariously like a 70s porn star name. Lumity says, Ted Smooth was like, something's missing, it's too short. You have to do a bridge or something. Just say uh-oh, because Lumity. I was like, no, I don't want to say uh-oh, that's so stupid. And then she reconsidered. I was like, oh man, let me just do it. I didn't want him to feel bad. I hated it. I didn't even listen to the song because of the uh-ohs in it. But that was key, because that's what all the little kids sing. And that's what's so catchy about it. First you hear the uh-ohs, then you hear everything else. But unfortunately, you'll never hear anything else from Lubidi on this chart. And you're not going to hear any more about her now because we are going to talk about this week's number one. Here we are, the 958th UK number one single, Blue Cantrell, Breathe, getting to the number one spot with 47,312 sales in its first week. So, medium-sized hit there. Originally existed as an album version without Sean Paul, but her British record label decided, quite rightly, that no one cared about that and added Sean Paul's lyrics and got it all the way to number one. But in case you were curious, here's what it sounds without a bit of Sean Paul. Um, uh, 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 big up to all the Brooklyn massive crew. Some they pay no mind, but now them notice blue. So take your ones, your fifties, put your hundreds to your shoes. And to my friends, you know I love you. To the top, we be charging. I'm not leaving till someone starts rocking. All the soldiers come back and start marching. And we see myself selling in black markets. You say you love me, you say you love me, but you're never there for me, yeah. Weirdly, this song, not a hit in America. In America, her success of her two songs was reversed, so... Hit em Up Style got to number 12 here and Breathe got to number one, whilst in the US, Hit em Up Style got to number two and Breathe only got to number 70. Just more examples of the US charts having no taste. And if you um, have heard some of the that controversial country song that everyone was talking about the other day and that, and that fast car cover that are both doing amazingly in America, you'll see that they haven't gained any taste as time has gone on. Sorry, American listeners. UK, however, had much more taste and they made Breathe by Blue Cantrell the eighth biggest selling song of 2003. 
It eventually would go triple platinum and sell 1.2 million copies. I'm not quite sure how that can be true when it only sold 50,000 in its first week, but that's what the recording industry stats say, so who am I to argue? And the reason, by the way, that I know this is the 958th UK number one is because I have a book that I bought that was written to celebrate the thousandth number one, which but the fact we're at 958 is coming very soon and it basically has an entry for all of the first thousand UK number ones a little short essay the one for Breathe by Blue Control has quite the opening if you'll allow me to read it for you. Gentlemen, if you saw Blue Cantrell's first performance on Top of the Pops and thought you'd seen her somewhere before, it just might have been in a top-shelf magazine. Blue is not ashamed of her explicit nude photos and she would happily do it again. The essay then continues to never bring that back up. It's just leave that quote hanging, but I luckily did some digging. Blue Cantrell talked about her nude modelling in a 2003 interview with The Guardian. She said, I was 18, it was uncomfortable, but I had to pay my bills. And she never apologised for it. She said, recently I was with Puff Daddy and some comment was made about nudity. He was like well i've seen you nude and you look cute babe gross for one definitely i'd rather i'm sure blue cantrell has a nicer body than daniel beddingfield in his boxers singing james dean but i don't really need the idea of puff daddy perving on her obviously there's a long-standing rumor that puff daddy is gay which i've seen no evidence for i only know that it exists as a rumor all i'm saying is if i found out that one of my friends had posed nude and i see it, i'd be like oh you look cute babe that's all I'm saying, okay? Not saying anything about how what that means for Puff Daddy. She later in the Guardian interview, by the way, says, It's all different now. I'm more in shape now. I'm more toned. But you know what? It's kept me in the press, so it's really helped. Controversy sells. The, the, the piece then adds, She exclaims of the media fixation with her pre-Brazilian wax front bum bearing days. And I just want to say, bring back the phrase front bum. An iconic, iconic phrase to describe the human vagina. But never mind the rumours around Puff Daddy. The real fascinating rumours around Blue Cantrell are the ones that say that she may have had an affair with Jay-Z. I have to say that in this Guardian article, she does deny that her and Jay-Z had an affair and says, me and Jay-Z have, were said to have been dating. It was major press. I have to say to you that we weren't. It seems people are saying, Beyonce took him away from you, but that's not true because there was nothing to take. We were just friends. So we have to take her word for it and say that there was definitely no affair between Blue Control and Jay-Z. But we can also note that she says, I have to say to you that we weren't, which would be the language she would use if someone's publicist had told her she has to say that, even though it wasn't true. That's all I'm saying, that, that the language would be the same. But obviously she has not had an affair with Jay-Z. It is also true, however, that Beyonce has lyrics that say, I was in love with a Sagittarius and I've been hurt by a Pisces. Which obviously is a total coincidence then that Jay-Z is a Sagittarius and Blue Cantrell is a Pisces. Total coincidence. And although Blue Cantrell says that there's no affair between her and Jay-Z, which obviously we believe, that does not stop her throwing a little bit of shade at Beyonce. In this interview, she says, I'm an adult. She's younger. And if she's doing what you're saying, then she's being a little immature. Maybe she's trying to do it to get press. But I want to make her understand if she goes there with me, it's the wrong move. She needs to understand what she's doing and what she's getting into. I'm a master at singing. I don't have any animosity towards Beyonce. And I don't like that whole rivalry type of thing. Maybe we should get on stage and battle it out live. Eat sing a song in true beef style but she doesn't want to do that then the guardian writer adds the brilliant line she says ordering another drink and pursing her gloss to within an inch of their life lips Ooh, a great little detail there and of course we now know that Beyonce and Blue Cantrell did battle it out on stage and that's why Blue Cantrell is now the most famous woman in the world and we're all in the blue hive whereas uh, Beyonce and am I saying that right I haven't really it's not a name that comes up very often uh, I think she was last seen coming last on a reality show called Celebrity Circus alongside Wee Man from Jackass and Stacey Dash from Clueless and oh no sorry I've got them the wrong way round haven't I yeah Beyonce is the biggest star in the world and Blue Cantrell was the first evictee from Celebrity Circus maybe it's a shame they didn't have that battle after all Blue Cantrell 
By the way, that's not all she says about Beyonce. She says, if she is being negative, she doesn't need to be because she's a beautiful girl. But if you have issues with your man, and I don't know what the situation is with them, I don't want to speak on that. But if you have issues, address it with the guy. Don't take it out on the girl. It's never the way to go. Maybe Beyonce took her advice and that's where Lemonade came from. Who knows? All I know is that Beyonce's team refused to comment to that Guardian writer. And all I know is that we've come to the end of the episode. Definitely going to share some more Blue Cantrell quotes as this song makes its way through the charts because she certainly does give good quote. But until then, we've come to the end of another episode. We'll end on Breathe by Blue Cantrell and Sean Paul. But first, let me just say thank you for listening. Please, if you've enjoyed this episode and the rest of the episodes, please share it with your friends. Let's get that 2000 chart show community pop in. It's the only way that some of these flop pop stars are going to get pushed back into the mainstream, which is obviously what we all want. And follow us on our various social medias, Twitter at 2000s Chart Show, at Instagram at the 2000s Chart Show. Follow us on threads if that hasn't imploded at this point. And also you can follow us on YouTube where going to start adding episodes and various clips that we talk about on the show so thank you for listening again and here is your number one for the week blue cantrell with breathe can she breathe easy or is she gonna lose that number one spot next week tune in to find out Bye.